0: comes down to again, is changing your health one meal at a time, really looking at and beginning with just something and seeing where you're at. Because I do believe that's how human beings do it. I do believe that you start somewhere and then Mm -hmm. go. I think it's just one thing at a time. I think I have to get down to grassroots of all of that. As a spokesperson and really say, hey, you know what? Just try it. See where you're at with it.
1: Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria. And where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation.
2: you've got my makeshift studio behind me and it's actually a sunny day today so it's been beautiful and sunny the last couple of days so loving that it was a little wet just checking where all happening here yes we look good on there so it means that actually what the tricky piece about it is that it means that my camera is over here my computer's down here and i like looking at you so so I'm looking a lot at not the camera. So, oh, you that's know, okay. we right.
3: have okay. to just
2: go with the flow. But you know what's exciting? <laughs> what's exciting is that you're on the decision table today. I am excited about that because I've had a lot of people who I have never met before on the oh. decision table. And so it's really going to be fun having a conversation with someone who I know very well. Yeah. and love being a part of your world and you and my world and it you know one of the things that I'm always
3: yeah, so impressed awesome. about
2: I want to be, be me anyway <laughs> that's all I expect from you Jill is you being you what I love about you Jill is that you are you and you're willing to keep evolving no matter what. And, you know, I've had many guests on this table and one of the conversations that's come up is about ageism. And, you know, and and I know and generational sort of gaps and things like that, what I love about you is you don't let your age stop you from evolving. Tell me, where does this come from? Why do you not let it stop you? Why do you not say, hey, I've done it. I can put my feet up and just, (laughs) you know, live the rest of my days sipping a pina colada or something oh i actually
0: love them i know me too (laughs) we have got to have one when we're back together again (laughs) get drunk on them when i sailed the caribbean for a long time ago you know what it's funny it's not from my parents i have to tell Mm. you but maybe it was it was despite my parents because my parents were old when i when i was born i swear to god and they were old all the time growing up I just really so old conservative
2: old what conservative old old very
0: Jewish although we were never religious Mm. very into that milieu of that and very into Mm. family the cool thing about growing up in a Jewish household is that you're very it's very family oriented it's very very family oriented and and that is a cool thing And it could be partially from my aunt, who was quite a trailblazer in her day. She was Mm. like one of the top salespeople for a huge knitwear company in New York and just independent. And she was the one who took me to, you know, super restaurants and, you know, and theater and all of that stuff. And I don't know. I really So begin that love for your dramatic side of you. I know, I did that. Maybe it was about being a 60s kid, though, too, because I came of age in the 60s, because hmm. yes, I am 75, and I was born I in love 45, and I just really, that whole revolution that was taking place, even though parts oh. of it were really heartbreaking, you know, when friends came home in body bags, and, you know, friends oh. went to Vietnam to be always, you know, forever scarred by it but still it was such a dynamic time and I was in a dynamic place because I left but wait on wait
2: on on, on. you can't just skim over that like I was not born in the 60s and so I have no idea what that really truly means like to have friends come home in body bags like how did that impact you going forward what what did you learn from that what did you take from that like how did that help form some of your thinking maybe and then you say it's it was also dynamic what do you mean by that like how did that how very interesting create who
0: you are yeah well i mean you know here in this country we had a huge insurrection against the vietnam war because people Mm. a were coming home in body bags and b there was no reason to have this war period Hmm. and It was felt in the beginning by the young people. And then, you know, of course, the rest of it is history because all of the stuff with the Pentagon Papers and all of that stuff bore it out that it was just the stupidest war in the world and they were sending people over to die. And of course, that was my generation. Wow. And, but on the other hand, women. We're burning their bras and being feminists and being independent. And you know, I was three thousand miles away from home. Thank God. And (laughs) um, and into. You think the
2: parents might have had a few things to say watching you do things like that?
0: Oh my God! My favorite thing with my parents. (laughs) First of all, people would ask me what I was majoring in, and Mm -hmm. I would always say theater, and they would cringe. And the other piece about my parents were my mom said, this is my daughter who went to California and never came home. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think living in California definitely had something to do with it, but going through the turbulent sixties, being yeah. a feminist and going to UCLA. I mean, Berkeley was the big school for all of the free speech movement, but no, UCLA was too, and we basically had, yeah, and also the whole sexual revolution and the drug culture that arose from mm-hmm. all of that. Oh.
2: So just think about think about the sixties versus where we are now. Huge gap, right? And we in some ways, are we? Are we just rehashing the old ways, or are we? Have we got more voice at the table, or? Have we got more freedom or is it being taken away? What's your
0: thinking? Are you talking about women or are you talking about... I don't know. I'm
2: talking about whatever you think from that question.
0: (laughs) Well, I know here in the United States, they're trying to take our reproductive health away again. I basically, because I had an illegal abortion at 19, Mm. I basically went to work for a clinic that was doing... Menstrual extraction, which is now a common way of doing abortion, and marched and became a you know in the women's health coalition. I still have a t-shirt. You know, it's like a size six. I can't throw it out. It says, "My body <laughs> belongs to me," but I share. Mm-hmm. But it's like this big. It's the bottom of my drawer. But I just really felt, and it's a feeling, Kira Marie. Right. It's a feeling. It's like, I just didn't want to do what mom did. And I was always told that I should be a teacher or a secretary. And I was a teacher for 20 years, but I just didn't want to do that. I mean, it's just basically didn't want to do it. And that's where really where I was at and still has carried on because you look at it and you go, well, that ain't it. Mm. That's basically always been kind of like my beacon that
2: and is that, that how makes... you feel with where the generation is now? I don't want to be no, a part of that, really. or are you you know well, what I'm what are you thinking always... are you feeling like you have the freedom to be to have the freedom that you longed at that time and you know moved on from your parents' generation kind of thinking
0: well, we have more freedom, yeah. We still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment passed in this country. Yeah. We do have, and we have a brand new woman vice president. Mm -hmm. We had to have, and she's Black and Asian. Mm. Horrors in a country. Yeah, what's really going on in my country, I really do believe that it's, you know, it's the white men who want Mm. to have... All of the, um, an alarm just went off outside my window.
2: It's probably because yeah. you said white men, you know, like the world does not like it when we say things like that right now. But I think this is a conversation that's got to be had. Like whether we agree with it or not, like I think we need to have a conversation around
3: this. I agree. Um,
0: yeah. Because they feel they want that and they're trying to get the power back because mm-hmm. I think slowly it's, you know, eroding. Number one. And number two, they're terrified. Uh, so you, sorry.
2: So you're saying that you feel that they feel that it's eroding and they are losing control, so they're wanting to get it back?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow, interesting. What a picture of this. When they signed into law that crazy, and I'm sorry, I'm not terribly <laughs> political, but I have been the past couple of years because of what's going on in my country. When they sign Here's the thing, Jill,
2: on the table, on the decision table, there is no right or wrong, and this is merely a conversation that I think all of us need to have, whether we're political or not political. It's what are you seeing and how is this, you know, creating what you're thinking going forward or not, or what are you taking, what are you leaving, how are we adding value to humanity going forward? And I think that although, you know, I never had an interest in the political space, I can tell you, I listen, I learn, and I'm definitely interested in it because I know that decisions are being made at that level, and those decisions are affecting every single one of us every day.
0: Yes. I really do believe that really the best example I can think of what's going on in this country is the when they signed that Georgia crazy voting thing where you can't even give people water in line. And... There are seven white men Mm. signing it. And then they called away and jailed that black woman who just wanted to know what was going on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, mm, yes. Um, But
2: things are. Unfortunately, what about scenarios like you speak of there? That's not a once off either. Like, and that's, that's the issue. And, And I would say the same with a lot of it. Look, I think, And this is one of the reasons I'm using the lens at this moment on the decision table and really deep diving into it because I think there's so much conversation around this that we need to have, and that is if we go back to less about gender, less about race, less about, you know, inequality of individuals or minorities and go, well, if we come back to, number one, being humans at the table and we're talking about decisions that are going to affect the human race first, then these things shouldn't be happening whether you're white, black, purple, green, you know, whatever it is, right? Like it, is, it really shouldn't be happening because it's not beneficial to the human race. And I think that, you know, the problem is that we are trying to have conversations that is segregating the world and dividing the world way more than bringing it together as a collaborative and collective across the globe.
0: No, I agree. I agree. And I guess the microcosm of it is, you know, in my country, which has been kind of a mess yeah. for a while and hoping that things get better. And yeah, going back to the 60s. 16- and by the way, can I
2: just say on that one, sorry, and don't forget what you're about to say, but I just want to push in on that. I don't think it's isolated to your country. Okay. I was speaking here in Australia and I purely asked, and, and it was with, we're spending time with my I don't even know how you say it. it's like my stepmother-in-law I guess that's how you say it. and you know I was asking her how she feels about where our Australian government is going because I'm really interested knowing that she's you know been here a little bit longer than I have and has seen it along in a longer space and then you know watched it how it has created results here in Australia as well and I said biggest concern is that you know as we go forward are we helping to develop I'm just going to make sure by the way because if you're coming in and out it's probably because of my internet and it swaps over so I think you're back again now but what I was saying was you know are we actually creating you know, the next generation of healthy thinking and and bringing more people in at the table that maybe will have these conversations and maybe will change the direction of where it's going. And I think that's the bigger question is, you know, we don't, we don't like hearing these stories. We don't like seeing these things where there is not the freedom of maybe the right people being at the table. And how do we change that? And I think that that's bigger conversation of what we're saying here whether it's white, black, like I said,
0: purple, green. You know, to answer your question about you think that this is different or the same as the 60s, I do believe that, you know, discontent and ferment lead to revolution or insurrection, not the kind we had on January 6th. No. But, I mean, that's what ended up happening in the 60s. In the 60s, I mean, because of the scientific developments, birth control, the Vietnam War in my country, unpopular things that were going on. And that really led to a lot of people going, no, this ain't it. And I think basically that's probably going to happen at some point here, because basically we're having the same issues. We're having the same kind of issues. We're so polarized and we're so angry at each other. And we're so fractionated that we do need to come together. I do believe that we're getting to a point where I I keep saying to people, I'll march, I'll march, I'll burn my purple bra. You know, I still can march, thank goodness. So um, if Jane Fonda's doing it in her 80s, I can do it in my 70s. So I mean, I do believe that we have to really stand up for what we feel is correct. Yeah, And this ain't it. Not in my country. Yeah. This ain't it. I'm really, yeah. And I bring us all together. Mm. (sighs) Yes. I know,
2: right? It's a bit like that. So how do you see what you're doing now and moving into your next? How's this doing what you're standing for, being who you are, all that sort of side of it?
0: Well, I mean, I'd love to talk about, you know, my whole, what I stand for, what I'm passionate about. <laughs> I'm kind of a beacon for that at 75 yeah. in a world where people do believe that, you know, you might as well pack it in and put your feet up. I don't go there. I don't like mm-hmm. that. People say, when are you going to retire? I say, no, never. They're going to have to carry yeah. me out because yeah. basically... I do believe that what ends up happening is that people people stop and then it becomes a downwardly spiraling thing for them and everyone else. And I don't believe that you have to stop. And if you're healthy, if you can maintain your health. That's really what the key is. I mean, you know, if you can maintain your health, that's what the key is. And that's my passion and what I stand for. I mean, and I'm all for gut awareness, because I do believe that as Hippocrates said, 2000 years ago, I don't know, he was this Mm. great father of medicine. He said, All disease begins in the gut. I mean, even then he knew, you know, without laser. Amazing, isn't it? You know, x-rays or he knew. They knew. People knew. And we're not doing that now. We're really trashing ourselves and trashing our health and doing.
2: How how are you seeing people trashing their health? What is it that you're seeing
0: mainly? (laughs) I laugh. I laugh because (laughs) I always bring this up to people. The line at my in In and Out is a burger. Franchise. Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, you know, because you you travel. Yeah. <laughs> well, one day coming home from the hospital because I work in a psychiatric hospital, and that's another thing. Mm. Mental health has never been worse right now in these times. Was the line is literally ten blocks long? I was counting. The wow. 12, and I went. I went. Okay, and it's interesting because people think it's better and be it's healthier, and it might mm. be healthier, but it's because you can do those lettuce wraps in and out as well. Who? I'm sorry. You can do like lettuce wrap
2: things and in in, in oh, and you out do lettuce wrap. Yeah, they, so they it's healthy, right? When you do lettuce around it. Yeah, but who does that?
0: <laughs> I love that they offer it, but who doesn't? I mean. Okay, yeah, you know, I, I have it. to say,
2: it's been a long time since I've had one of them. But I think, is this because we've got lazy and we're busy? And, you know, a lot of us are too tired to be doing cooking. I feel it.
0: I believe that cooking is really a primal thing. Mm-hmm. I believe that cooking and fermenting and all of those things are primal things. I think. I'm not saying women, I'm not sexist that way, but I think we all really need to get back to putting our hands on food and preparing Hmm. food is part of a primal thing. It's what we do. Tell
2: us why it's so primal and why that's an important thing. Haven't we moved on in life? Haven't that's what we've talked about, right? Freedom of moving on and into new things. Like, how is it beneficial going back into time and being primal now?
0: Well, you know, because we end up, okay, what what was the statistic? I'm thinking about it. Basically, what's happened is we've totally screwed up our food supply with, you know, genetically modified food, with um, pollution, the pollution, the water table in mm-hmm. California, which is one of our big farming areas in, in the United States is totally polluted. And then we do GMOs, and then we, you know, and it was interesting because supply,
2: team, we we are putting demand on it, and so the quicker that it comes out and a bigger supply, so we're changing formations of things, which can only be not a good thing for our bodies.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> and I, I always it, say, say, it makes me laugh that anyone can think that that's a good thing. No, well, okay. You got to understand, too. I mean, I here's my phone right here. Yeah. We're dealing with 5G and we're dealing with, you know, electromagnetic frequencies. Yeah. They're not good for our bodies. There are many reasons. I did in my Good Get Show last week. Mm. What the dangers of electromagnetic frequencies are. Yeah, it's great to have a phone that kind of yeah. whizzes through, but it's also we need to look at stuff. And I look at it as... Mm. The bucket overflowing syndrome. That's what I call it. Okay. Oh, tell us about that. You put in the bucket, you put in mm. the toxins of everyday life, and we have yeah. more toxins in our, in our environment than ever before. Yeah,
2: it's in our environment, it's in our food, it's in our thinking, too. <laughs> it's everywhere. <Right. laughs>
0: and you add to that lousy food, you know, food mm. that does not really suit your body, You know, which is all the processed food, and we cook in in oils that are really not good for us, and we do yeah, we have fake. Again, we're
2: changing when we're cooking with oils. We're changing the chemical
0: formation of it, right? And then you know you're adding to that five G. You're adding Mm. to that all chemical changes. So then the bucket starts to overflow, and people wonder Uh why all of a sudden they get diabetes. They didn't all of a sudden get diabetes. The bucket has been filling. (laughs) It just happened overnight, Jill. It did.
2: (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm staring. It's so true. Like, yeah, it just happened overnight. I got diabetes, you know? Like, no, it never happens overnight.
0: No, and they say that all the time. (laughs) I see that all the time. They go, "Oh my God!" All of a sudden, Mm. I just got an email the other day. Oh my, you know, my antibody test—that's an antibody Mm. test for diabetes—is abnormal. I need to see you now. Mm. And I always say to people, "Why didn't you see me five years ago when you knew that this was a problem?" And the doctor is saying, "Gee, Mm. you could get diabetes if you didn't take care of yourself." Yeah. No, it's not right now. It's cumulative.
2: But, you know, you think of it as a human race. You know, it's quite common for humans to think, well, if it's not a problem now, I'm not going to face it. Or, you know, if I just do this, it's never going to happen to me. You know, like you. these are common traits and human characteristics, right?
0: It's true. It's true. Yeah.
2: And oh. I love prevention, but that's not the way we were necessarily taught to do life. And and I've got to tell you a story. Like the other day, I have to say I was less than a friendly mom. And the reason being was that my daughter was complaining and then she complained to friends of ours, oh, my goodness, my mom always says we have to do organic. And I said, I do not ever want to hear you complaining about that, ever. <laughs> I said, we are so we have the privilege of being able to buy organic food and use as much as possible organic food where possible. And I said, yes, you are right. I do have a thing about it. Why? Because of what we're talking about right now that as much as possible, I don't want to be, we already have chemical imbalances. We've got autism in our house. We've got things that maybe, you know, conditions in our bodies that have, created different chemical makeups and so why would i be adding extra chemicals things that you know this to me is a preventative so that i don't spend all my life in hospital my children don't and my children are able to be and do what they're meant to do in life and it's funny because over easter even though we did like the gluten-free dairy-free and by the way they tasted disgusting easter egg for the kids and everything like that Love that. Watching when sugar goes into my children, and they had like these lollipop things that were, you know, made out of fruit juices and stuff like that. But because we don't do sugar in our house on purpose, by the way, because I don't like all the chemical changes that I see within my children and myself when we eat and do all that. And it's not that we don't do it ever, I just don't have it in my house and I don't do it no. as a normal. But it was interesting going, Hey, kids. You just go for it over this weekend, for sure. And, oh, my goodness, did I have a few little arguments with my children in the latter part of the weekend. Why? Because they had filled up with all the sugar and the changes, just even in their attitude and, you know, they were dragging themselves around. It was really different, and I found that quite fascinating.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sugar can cause leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And diabetes cause leaky gut, GMOs cause leaky gut, toxicity cause leaky gut. I mean, you, you can turn around and and cause leaky gut and, you know, leaky gut, the statistic is like 80% of us have Mm -hmm. one and one out of, you know, for every one person who has digestive issues, there are eight more that don't, but still have leaky gut. So, I mean, this is an... You know, you talk about an epidemic. This is an epidemic. This is a But has this, has this
2: increased over the years? And oh, if yeah. so, why oh, yeah. is it increasing? Because of all these things in our diet?
0: Because of the toxins in our environment, as well as our bad food, as well as our lousy lifestyles, as well as, you know, as well as your kids saying, gee, you buy, or, you know, organic. Organic. You know, want to go to In N Out, oh, whatever. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, you know, a and I just go, well, if that's your biggest problem in life, whew, girl, you got some things to learn.
0: <laughs> I work in a psychiatric hospital and I'm surrounded mm-hmm. by styrofoam. Another thing, you know, yeah. styrofoam is bisphenol A and really bad stuff. And then people put it in the microwave and then mm-hmm. they eat off of it. I mean, it's just everywhere. I don't even want to get started. By the way, with- why would anyone even think of doing that? That is just crazy. Yeah, but they do every day. I see. Wow, it. really?
2: Yeah, these are. Gosh, I just people. haven't lived. Whew, I didn't even know you could put them in there. I would have thought they would. They do know, disintegrate you or put something them in there anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay, so here's the crazy thing, right? We know that these things, and then I, I mean, I don't think that we're talking about something that is really that new. Like most of us know things like this create issues. But that doesn't stop us from doing it. A lot of people that are probably listening and going to listen to this probably will continue to do it. Why as a human race do we continue to do things that we know is not beneficial? And I don't even mean this just in the house. If we go back to some of our conversations that we were having before, right? Like, yeah. why are we putting, you know, having all of these kind of people at the table in going that this is the right thing rather than having different people at the table. Like, why are we continuing to do it all the same, knowing that the results are not beneficial to us as a human race?
0: Okay. You want to know my theories on this?
2: I, of course. That's why I asked the
0: question. Well, number one, <laughs> <laughs> number one, I hate to say it, but it's the medical model. Well, mm. and backtracking around your stuff around people are lazy, they are Okay, yeah. they are. They don't want to work at it. I mean, and, you know, life is hard enough. I agree. Yeah. But... And we're often have, all tired, right? You have to work. You at what? At the end of the day.
2: We often get yeah. to that tired stage because we're so busy. Yeah. Maybe we're just too busy.
0: Yeah. But it's so weird that I, you know, I work 70, 80 hours a week and I'm just, you know, gearing up to do this promotional thing, which I'll talk about a little mm-hmm. later. And I worked... Last night, I went to the hospital, did some work. I came home. I worked till 11 o'clock. I got stuff out. I worked this morning. I got more stuff out. You know, and I still, I even did a segment on my Good Gut Show last week about doing a salad in five minutes, and I timed it, and I Mm -hmm. did it and put it in the bag in four minutes and 30 seconds. Come on. There is no... Excuse for people not doing it. I'm seventy. Maybe it's because we're
2: willing to live with excuses, right?
0: I think so. I think we're Mm -hmm. lazy. Number one, and number Mm -hmm. two, I hate to say it, but Mm -hmm. it's the medical model. It's the medical model, and it's the belief system that if I don't feel well, I'll just go to the doctor. He'll give me a pill, and I'll be fine. So it's the have a symptom, take a pill scenario Yes. because the other stuff is about really working on your life, which is not attractive to a lot of people. And, but it's, it's not that hard. I mean, I do it all every day and yes, I'm the expert, but still it's not that hard. And that's what I'm, the message I guess I need to get out to people is that, It's really not hard to do some little changes so that your life can be healthier.
2: Yet it is hard because everyone keeps saying it. I think that it actually comes down to this. I think you're so right about that pill. And I think that we are in such, I mean, I used to call it the microwave age, right? Where you want it so fast, you want the express version. I hear it all the time, especially in the business world. Of how do we hack our brains so that we can think better and do better? And you know what is so like, it's a frustration on my side of it is this where do we take ownership of it? Where is us going? Hey, guess what? Like, we all have 24 hours in our day. How are we using that? What do we look like? like what are we prioritizing and saying, this is going to be part of the priority? This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. and own that and that might be that and I think of this as us as humans at the table that we think about us physically what time or how much time are you going to prioritize to getting in shape being in shape taking a walk doing whatever it takes on a daily to get movement happening okay so if brain power intelligence is is really important then What are you filling your brain up with? Who are you spending time with to make sure that you're learning better things, engaging in really healthy conversations? And, you know, if feeling and happiness and joy and all those things are really important, then Mm. what are you doing in life that is creating moments where you're having fun? You're taking time out with family, friends, whatever it is. That fills you with love, joy, peace, happiness, all those important things. And it's interesting because you even said it before. Like, and I can't remember how it came up in my brain, but it was like, I thought the other side of it was that, oh, I know that you go, I'm not going to retire and I'm going to keep going. Because a lot of people that stop, then there's sort of that downward spiral. And I just have to think that maybe it's because there's no vision, there's no purpose. And I often think that us as humans, when we have a vision where we have a purpose beyond ourselves or beyond just living for ourselves, we change what those priorities are, what those non-negotiables become in our life. And health is one of those things that, yeah, you're right. We could just go and be an unhealthy person, keep putting chemicals in, keep doing things the way we want to. But really, are we going to live the most effective we can? Are we going to be the best partner in life to whoever that may be? Are we the best, you know, parent because, you know, we don't have the energy, we don't have the, you know, whatever it is. Like I just think that there's a lot of selfishness from living in excuses and a lot of selfishness of, you know, putting demands on things where we don't even need that demand. We could put the money that we put in the medical into prevention stuff, into, you know, things that maybe would help us as humans to be healthier people.
0: I'm laughing because, you know, every time we have an initiative here, Mm. like I remember the one that Obama did, and I read the whole thing actually, Mm. and and it was prevention, prevention, prevention. But I never saw prevention, although there are many studies that show that prevention is cost-effective, And works, right? But you know, you realize too that one of the things that our whole culture runs on is big pharma and basically they don't really want us to be well. They want us to be sick. And you know, I'm sorry, but that's it's the reality of it. So it becomes the consciousness of the people in power, which are medical doctors Mm -hmm. and Thomas Sass, who is a a wonderful psychologist, once said that in the absence of religion, uh, doctors have become our new priests. And basically, the doctor, I know, because I've worked in clinics. Doctors are visited daily by drug companies who cater to them and say, don't you want to give my drug to your people? And it just perpetuates the whole thing. And we don't have, I worked in a cancer clinic Mm. that was started by an MD who had cancer. He basically succumbed, unfortunately, to the cancer, but it was years later, fortunately, because he went on this whole preventive natural regime. And then he hired people like me who Mm. could, do that you know we had people who worked for Deepak Chopra we had me we had a naturopath we had people who had found you know developed biofeedback it was an amazing crew they even did a discovery health program on us and it was amazing what we could do with people with that multidimensional approach to care And that's not done anywhere. You know, we're so disjointed about all of that. Somebody at Harvard years ago said that we really need in healthcare focus factories, which is that same approach, but we don't have it. You know, we have. And,
2: And for us to have that though, wouldn't we have to come to the table and maybe have different voices at the table and have a different conversation at the table? Would be nice, wouldn't it? wouldn't it? And it sounds so good in theory.
0: How do we actually put that in play? I think it's growing. I think one of the things that has happened with us is, and that's an interesting thing, you know, and I'm putting a little plug in right now, but I am just so overjoyed. I was asked to do something called an info stack. I had never heard of it, Mm. but it's a bunch of people who are very passionate about gut health and we're giving you a lot of information, e-courses, e-books. I'm offering 20% off on my Heal Your Gut supplement mm-hmm. package. We're doing that and we're, they're giving that for $49. I mean, that's just amazing to me. Right. And I think the reason they started this, was that people are interested. They wouldn't do it. They want to make money. They wouldn't do it if people out there didn't, weren't interested. I find that a lot more people are interested now. People join my Good Gut group on Facebook daily now. Mm. It's just blowing me away because it's like I got somebody from Afghanistan today. You know, people are interested there's a growing- Because we
2: want to see change. We want to see things differently. We want, we don't, like, I don't know about, you know, I can only speak from myself, but I know that I want to leave not just for me, but for the generations to come, like a springboard that they can springboard off to do what they're meant to and, and hopefully learn from the things that we've made mistakes on, but also learn from. And I just keep going, but how do we do that if we continue the same way we are doing right now? And even though, see, I love hearing that and I go, and how else can we keep moving it so that we know we're heading in the right direction? Because some of these, you know, players, and this is one of the biggest concerns, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, and we have to be so careful because there's so much information that is directed at us That maybe puts biases within us as well, but we have to be careful of who's buying up everything as well, like and what they're wanting to spend that on and do with it once they've got control of it. And I just go, This can sound really almost too big, and why not just go down the road and eat that burger? Because why would we want to fight this and shift it and move towards the right direction? Because it seems So big and I do have those conversations a lot with leaders across the globe because, you know, I'm and one of my things is that reality is nothing changes across the globe with the global solutions. It will only widen the gap and and create bigger global issues if we're not willing to do things ourselves because we are the global space like you, me, anyone else that I have conversations with on the table, like we are that global space. We are the ones that will shift it. And I just keep going, how can we, knowing what we've talked about now, knowing what we've got, you know, seen as the 60s versus now versus some of the trends and some of the yucky things that we're seeing happening because of those trends, yeah. How do we shift it in the right direction and keep shifting it and, and knowing
0: that this is not hopeless? There is hope. I think we really need to speak out. I mean, that's one of the reasons mm. why I'm so glad that at this point, my little good gut show and this, and I'm also, they asked me to speak for them. So on the 26th, I'm going to be doing Master Whatever or something similar to this for yeah. InfoStack about gut health. Yes, we need to speak out and really understand that it's not that easy and sympathize with it, but also emphasize the fact that if we don't do this, as you said, the children of the future will not have a future. They will not have a future. And they've done enough, you know, apocalyptic movies about that. So, just one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, no, and I really do. I think we're heading for a really huge fall, and this is definitely global Mm. because we're polluting our earth. It's a mess with climate change. I mean, we're riding for a huge fall if we don't do something. And and doing
2: something, though, is you and I doing something is you know everyone doing something that will be the thing that changes it
0: right and i think it starts with grassroots with this because you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right the whole idea of well one person will change oh one person wants to eat healthier oh one person and can that person share what they're doing and it's just and create a community well that's what i'm doing with my good mm. gut group and working in that way because i think there are enough people that are interested because yeah. when people sign up for my group i have some questions and it's very interesting that they're very interested they may be curious they may have problems but they know very little about functional medicine and functional medicine is the paradigm that should be shifting Mm -hmm. because it's about just looking at dysfunction before it becomes disease. Now we look at disease and go, oh, I'll take a pill or oh, I'll take a shot. This is not the consciousness that should be flowing into Mm -hmm. every nook and cranny of our universe right now. It should be looking at, okay, what can I do? What can I do?
2: And I Okay. Have- so, so here's the thing. Okay. Wait on. What can I do if people want to know more about this and want to know how can they make a difference in this way? What's the best way they can connect with you?
0: Okay. Well, I have a good gut group on Facebook. My website is healyourhealthnow.com the info stack that you will, if you want to, it goes live on Tuesday. I would love it. And hold on for a second, because I want to introduce you to somebody who's been sitting here very patiently. (laughs) And the info stack is healyourhealthnow.com forward slash gut (laughs) health. Okay. That goes live on Tuesday. I'm really excited about that because there's like about 20 of us we're offering stuff Amazing. again, 49. I mean, you could learn a lot about good health there, you know, mm, me, it's not a lot of very, very Will Cole is like one of the top alternative medicine guys around and he's in there. So Amazing. along with me, I feel so honored that I was invited. I really do. It's so good.
2: But I, I love that fact. And I love the fact that, you know, like we've talked about so many big things today and you know, like in a lot of ways, it feels out of control. Yet what you're doing is going, hey, even at 75, I can help be the difference and create awareness by voicing what you think is really important and by having a voice within the community of the gut community now. and community. <laughs> but like, I, I really think that, This is something that we often think that it's so big. We often think freedom is if I get to do what I want when I want. And I think, well, that's kind of really selfish if I get to do what I want, but no one else can do what they want. And I think, well, how can we as a collective get to do what we want and need to be doing and and have that freedom? And I think that that's – I love hearing as you keep evolving what you're doing, you're using a lot of your skills, your resources, the tools that you've built up from the years of, you know, working within different sides of the health industry, and put it together and go, hey, I want to make sure that you've understand that when you can understand your, the gut, that this can help prevent a lot of the issues we're seeing across health. And and we all know that when we are healthy physically, it has a massive impact on our mental capacity
0: as well. Oh, totally. Actually, there's a lot of studies about that. Yeah, A lot of studies. And if you realize too, that if you have a leaky gut, serotonin is made in the gut. Serotonin is one of our biggest neurotransmitters that helps us feel calm. If it's that the gut is leaking, we're not making very much serotonin. Uh, can I introduce you to somebody? Because I really want to. Of course like you, of course uh, you come can. Come on in. Come on in, America. I really want you to meet America. This is Hello this and
3: welcome to the decision table. Hi, thank you. My and name th- is America.
0: This is America <laughs> Amaro, who is has been my intrepid informal intern for like two years now.
3: Yeah. Wow. She
0: keeps hanging out with me. And the reason I want to introduce her to you is that she is the voice of tomorrow. Yeah. Number one, Totally making me cry. Number one, number two, she's hanging out with me. So she obviously is getting to know all this stuff. And number three, I'm so excited because she just got her internship. So she is going to be an RD
2: and registered
0: dietitian nutritionist come this time next year or almost this time next year she starts in july she got it on the first try she's really our our person for tomorrow our person for tomorrow Mm. she is hispanic and Mm -hmm. she's bilingual and you know we need it here and in we need it here in California more than anywhere i think oh texas we were talking about texas so yeah so you got that to- is amazing
2: and and i'd love to ask you why why do you think that this is all important for the next
3: generation just me being like hispanic and a dietitian i think definitely in dietetics there's a lack of diversity and in mm. Southern California, there's a lot of Hispanic people, especially where we live. So I think sometimes people don't seek help because they don't speak the language as their practitioner. So they'll just avoid it and things like that. So I think it's very important to, to have somebody that you can relate to and to have somebody whose culture that or a culture competent practitioners. And unfortunately, sometimes that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you're stepping into that and, you know, you will help to bring, you know, great change to the next generation as well of, of having someone that they can relate to and someone that, you know, gives a different voice at the table, which is something that I think is important in everything we're doing and in whether it's in our diets, whether it's in our thinking, whether it's whatever decisions the more we can have different lenses in which we use at that table. I think that that helps create a better future because we can actually disrupt some of the things that we're not liking or not enjoying or it's not creating the freedom that all of us need to be able to enjoy, whether we were born in the 60s or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so what do you think about The future of, well, not even just dietetics, but the future of what we've been talking about, you know, in other words, how to change the consciousness.
3: I think, like Carrie Marie was saying, by having conversations, having difficult conversations, I think sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but I think it's important to have these conversations. We can't just continue to ignore the problems that surround us because you're very right. They affect every single person, whether you see it or not. So I think my generation is doing a good job at kind of stepping it up. And I think social media and the internet and doing things like this has really helped evolve and change kind of just the conversation has helped it reach a bigger audience. And I think people are paying attention and they're having discussions. And I think that's very important.
2: I totally agree. And I want to ask you this if that's the case, that we're starting to have more of a conversation like this, we are getting that conversation out,
3: what are we now to do with that conversation? Mm. I think a lot of, like we just saw in our last election, a lot of that conversation brought a lot of voters. I mean, it was like record-breaking, things like that. I think people will kind of think that their voice doesn't matter, but it's important to yeah. reinforce that. It's important to go out and vote. It's important to do things in our community, like, you know, think global, act local, because yeah. changes really do make a difference. So I think, you, you know, take the action that you can. I love that. And
2: I think that that's so important. I kind of have this cycle that I go through, like a pathway, which is we've got to individually go, what are we owning on that? Then how does that affect our community, whether that's your sphere of influence, whatever that looks like, and then as the global space, right, the landscape. And then it's like, okay, great. So that makes that gap between, in a lot of ways, between us, me, you, Jill at this table that we go okay the global seems so far away but it's not that far away it's actually just you me Jill right like that's that's as close as it can be and and I think when we can narrow the gap from these things that seem so far away and own it and go what am I doing with that how am I going to bring the change that is needed and it's it's doing like in the spaces that we're all in, it's having a voice, it's changing the conversation, and then it's going, how are we going to own that? So here's a question for both of you, and this is the time of the show that I always say it's the one thing that I say the same on every – like I have no idea where we're going with this conversation on the table, and that's on purpose because I want to – I don't want my biases and my conditionings to think, oh, that's where we need to go and that's what we need to talk about. So it's on purpose. And I think we've talked a lot around things that have brought new awareness to the table. And so my question now is our ownership piece. And that is, what are you taking from this conversation today? So
0: Jill, do you want to start or finish? Okay, yeah, I will. (laughs) Well, I, you know, what came to mind for me, what came Mm -hmm. to mind for me was the, whole idea of, remember, you know, you and I have known each other a long time. And I did that love yourself lunch. And I do believe Mm. that really where it comes down to again, is changing your health one meal at a time, really looking at and beginning with just something and seeing where you're at, because I do believe that's how human beings do it. I do believe that you start somewhere And then go, oh, maybe this feels good. Maybe I like this. Maybe I, you know, or gee, um, not too comfortable, but I'm going to keep going because I feel value in this. I think it's just one thing at a time. I think I have to get down to grassroots of all of that as a spokesperson and really say, hey, you know what? Just try it see where you're at with it. That's my whole thing. That was what came to mind as we were talking is like, Mm. make it approachable, because I think as clinicians, and you have to watch this girl, as (laughs) clinicians, we tend to get very erudite and talking stuff that that most people can't relate to. Mm. It's good to have that knowledge. Because you can really kind of throw it at clients and go, by the way, you know, statistically or with things I I threw at you, you know, I just in my head. But it's more important to get down and really talk at a grassroots level and just go, yeah, just try it. Yeah, just try it. That's where I'm at with it, you know.
3: I love it. I think my takeaway from the conversation I've been listening to with you guys is I think it's about having the confidence to show up with your voice and having a confidence to have the conversation and show your face and like doing things like this. I think that's amazing. And talking about uncomfortable things, especially as I move forward in my career, I, I see a lot of dietitians who don't talk about the things that Jill spoke about today. but I think it's important to use your voice and use your platform.
2: Yeah, I love that. And it's one of the things that I think is the massive thing that all of us have a chance to use our platform. It may be a small platform. It may be a medium one. It may be a huge one. It doesn't matter. But it does matter how we use our platform and give voice and advocate for humanity. And that's that's the important piece around it, right? So what I'm taking from our conversation today, and I think that it's, it's that combination of the uncomfortable where you know, we're. I mean, we talked about things in the political space and, and things that often we don't even push into when it's not a area of expertise, right? Like it's not something we spend hours and hours in because maybe we're busy being the dietitian or whatever it is, right? But I think that when we talk about humanity as stakeholders, one of the things around that is is seeing that whether we are political or not, we are affected by what the political space is doing and saying and and making decisions up there. And I think that, that this continuous talk around, you know, you've mentioned so many times around the uncomfortable is, is so important for us to have, yet it's so uncomfortable, right? Because we don't necessarily know everything. We don't necessarily but we know from what we're seeing and how that's having an effect on who we are involved with and i think the more that we can give voice to that the more that this gives the ability for us to go okay so you i'm not the only one that's thinking this okay so i'm not the only one that's frustrated with this i'm not the only one that's having to deal with this and i think that that's important and and that's reminded me from our conversation today is Although, you know, we've spoken about health, if we're not in an environment that is being healthy, it is going to have a massive effect on us. Oh, if yeah. we're not, you know, we talk about physical health and we've gone on and around gut and things like that, but we know that that has a mental, you know, response to how our gut is. And we know that if we are putting data into us that is not healthy data, what's going to overflow from that is pretty grotty, right? Yeah. So I think that this has been an amazing conversation and I want to thank no. both of you. And I, I think, oh, no, oh my gosh, so good. I love it. And I, I love what you said too on this and added value to the table. So thank you to both of you and Jill, always yeah. a pleasure. Always amazing having conversations with you and You know, just this openness of learning from both sides. You know, you've got wisdom from years that maybe I haven't, I wasn't born in the 60s. Although I have to say, and this is a funny little thing, but when I asked my daughters, I said, so what is the olden days to you? Because when I was younger, (laughs) the olden days was like the 50s, 60s, you know, things like that, right? And when I asked my children, they said anything beyond yesterday. Oh
0: wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anything
2: oh, wow. beyond yesterday. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, you can use you can use that wonderful wealth of knowledge. I mean, I, I do every day. I just feel so blessed about all of the stuff I've experienced. I just, ugh. So amazing! amazing. Thank you
2: for so much for being willing to share it today. And I also want to ask you guys: Is there anything else that you felt you needed to give voice to, and you haven't had a moment to be able to do that?
0: No, you good? Yeah, you sure? (laughs) She's great. That's all I have to give voice to. I really love the fact. Look, she taught me Pinterest, and now I have twenty five hundred followers. The people of the future who will be the leaders of the future. And I feel like she will mm-hmm. um, not too much putting you on you already. And you're not even No pressure, in... no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I think but, all of us
2: have the opportunity to be the leaders of the future,
0: but I do. I Cause do if believe... the olden
2: days are yesterday, then the future is today on onwards.
0: I like that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Okay. <laughs> great yeah no that's all i have to say i'm good i love it all okay, right i'm gonna
2: end this broadcast but don't you two run away for a second all right okay
1: okay amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe ensure you leave an awesome rating and review our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness activates ownership to what is next a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.